Relationships rule. That's my motto. I'm Janice Porter, and I love to share the power of relationship marketing to help grow and impact business. I've grown my business by building and nurturing relationships, and I'd like to help you do the same. Welcome to the Relationships Rule podcast, where connection means everything. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Relationships Rule. My special guest today is Kim Curtis coming to us from Denver, Colorado. Yes, Denver. I'm right. Yes. 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 And actually, my daughter's there right now. I've never been to Denver, but I hear it's beautiful. So welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you. Glad to be here. I am quite interested to talk to Kim. Kim is... um, is considered one of the world's foremost experts in building wealth consciousness. I think um, from what I understand, I'm going to get Kim to to tell me more, but Kim has a holistic approach when it comes to money. And I think is also very um, uh, uh, passionate, I would say, about uh, women and money. So if I'm on the right track, Kim, I would just like you to share with my audience a little bit about your journey and, and your passion about that. Happy to. I um, I am a CEO of a wealth management firm. However, my journey was nothing like that to get here. It was not something in my 20s I thought that I would be doing. Yeah, I, have, I think you were a lawyer, right? At first, well, I do have a legal background. That's yeah, right. Okay. But if I were to go a little earlier than that, okay. Uh, my my mom got divorced when I was a teenager. And she got full custody of three teenage girls. Mm. She had no employable skills. And so she applied for and received government-assisted school lunches for us. And it was a red paper ticket, kind of like, it looked exactly like those raffle tickets that we use today. That was the ticket that I had to hand to the cashier. And that shame associated with, I'm the poor kid, everyone knows I'm the poor kid, um, actually carried through into my young adult life. However, my mom had something very important to her daughters, and that was the value of education. And she would say, you make sure you get your education because no one can take it away from you. And she said that because she got married early because my dad got drafted into the war. And by marrying early before she finished high school, uh, uh, she uh, and then moved to New York. So that was her journey that she put on us. So I, you know, went to undergrad, went to law school, and right out of law school, defaulted on my school loan debt. I had no business understanding anything about what default meant to my credit report. In today's dollars, it was about $92,000. And so I already felt, um, not, I don't know if it's a victim, but I definitely felt that money was not in my favor and that it was for other people, certainly not me. I hear you. Yes. I think of and so when we think of the listeners and viewers, how many of them you feel that way? That money is that that we're completely unconscious around money and oh, not self-aware. Yeah, I have a story around money too, and it's it it all stemmed from my father. And so I know we all and it took me a long time to rid myself of that story. Because I actually, um, one of my mentors, uh, the CEO of Send Out Cards, actually, he has this saying that has stayed with me for so long that the stories in your mind become the stories of your life. 
That's so beautiful. And it's so true because it's, I had this story for so long about money and it was, you know, I, I mean, I've obviously over the years, because money was something for me that uh, a stigma of some sort for me, um, I've, I've talked and read stuff about money and talked to people and I've done some work on myself around money and so on. I'm still not the best when it comes to, you know, I'm a spender, not a saver. And, um, and it comes from so many expressions that my father used to say when I was a kid. And, but ironically, the story is almost similar in that, not that my parents divorced then, not, not that early in my life, but we moved from England to Canada when I was little and my father with the land of opportunity and starting again and wanting to build from scratch and so on. And my mom had gotten married really young too, you know, cause my father was in the service and, um, and so she didn't have an education, but neither did he because he had had to go to uh, this into the war and he was very bright. And he always used to say about the education, you've got to get a, an education. It was the very same thing as you, but there were other things as well, but this isn't about me. It, this is about you. So, well, but it's, I think it helps the viewers. Uh, if you're willing to share what some of those messages that he would say, Oh, uh, that you had, cause I'm sure we all may have heard the same thing. Well, I'll give you a couple. There was one that was all, well, there was always the, you know, money doesn't grow in trees, but there was also, it's not a crime to be poor. It's a crime to look poor. Now, that was a scary one, actually, when you think about that. Yeah. It's a double edge. Yeah, totally. And I never forget that, you know, it's not a crime to be poor. It's a crime to look poor. Wow. Well, okay. I'll give you, well, I don't, I don't want to say this on here. I'll tell you later, but there was, you know, th that probably, um, uh, filtered my father's story a, a lot, you know, that, that whole thing. But anyway, yes, there's, there's lots of them, but, um, but what's interesting is, and I'll, I'll segue over to you because when my father died and he died young, he was 63. My mom didn't know how to write a check. She didn't know anything about money because it had always been, don't worry, honey, I'll look after it. That was another one. Don't worry. I'll look after it. Mm -hmm. Particularly as women, whether it was our fathers or our husbands. Yes. yes. So that was huge. And, um, and I think that you must have come across that with, with women as well. Like, okay. So how, um, how did you go from, you know, the law to, <laughs> um, was it, was it because of that debt that you, um, came through that you started to find out more about money and, and wanting to help other people? It, it really was. It was the start. But yes, yeah. um, I, I love these stories. And I'm sure there's so many viewers that are just feeling what we're describing right now. And so I will share my story and to help maybe the listeners get a better understanding of what they may need to do or how to do it or what are some of the steps. So for me, I had an anonymous donor pay $1,000 on my school loan debt. Wow. And because I, I always say that if your head is in the sand on money, your head is in the sand on other areas of your life. Because how you do money is how you do life. I love that. that you money said is that. this invisible thread that navigates our human existence on everything we touch. 
Mm-hmm. So if our if we are unconscious and not aware of money, recognize that there are you are walking asleep in other areas as well, whatever those other areas may be. So the reason I say that is the fact that I opened the statement to notice that the bill went down was itself a shock to me. Yes. So um so what I ended up doing, because it was anonymous is I had to ask those questions to myself. I couldn't go to them. What do you want from me? Or what do you see in me that I don't see in myself? Yes. And that really was the key question because who am I? Who do I want to be? What is it that they see that I don't see? And it was almost Janice like a snap. Really? And the snap was consciousness. Like I was unconscious. So the snap was, awake. Mm -hmm. Because what I recognized at that point of that question is that, oh my gosh, someone believes in me. Why don't I believe in myself? And then who do I want to be? And I think it was at that moment that I realized, you know, events happen in our life that we have no control over, Mm -hmm. but we do have control over our responses to those events or our choices that we make. And that dictates our outcomes. Mm -hmm. So I think recognizing that I was in control of my destiny Mm -hmm. and that snap made me awake, that from that point forward, recognize it was a journey. It was a journey. And I just kept believing in myself, trust myself, trust myself, trust myself. Uh, So, you know, and a lot of mistakes along the way, but that was the start of saying, I'm going to be awake in this area. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take ownership for this debt. Okay. And I'm going to figure out how to pay it off. And once you're awake to it, you can't deny it anymore. Right. Right. And that was the start of my journey to get out of debt and and to really be responsible around money. So it was over a decade later that I ended up in finance. Okay. And I ended up in finance from a quiz. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So how many of the viewers, you know, know people in human resources or have taken all of those tests sure. about what is the career that would best suit our needs? Um, and so I took those quizzes and and my friend said, you know, personal finance is an area that may be a good place for you. And because I my area of expertise in law was negotiation, mediation, arbitration, I understood how to hold the container mm-hmm. for couples or people Uh, to have conversations that are difficult to get to the other side. And when we think about money and couples, yes, it's a skill that works really well. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And oftentimes people come to us. um, One of the spouses may not feel like they have the ability to voice their opinion Mm -hmm. or to get what they need. And particularly the conversation around money, we create men created money back in the day for the exchange of goods and services. We were not part of that conversation, nor up until recently could we even get a credit card or get a job without our spouse's signature. I know. And I read that in your um, in some of your um, things that I looked at and it took me back. I got married. My starter marriage, I was very young. And I remember when I had my first child and became a stay at home mom or so I thought for it was going to be forever, but the picket fence fell down. But I tried to get a credit card when I was on my own 
No, this was when the credit. Yeah, that's right. When my marriage broke up, I tried to get a credit card and I couldn't get one because my husband had to sign it or something and, and we weren't together anymore. I'm like, what? Yeah, I remember that. Well, when we think of our grandmothers and our great grandmothers, um, they had a stash. Yes, yes, yes. And that stash was not for opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That stash was protection. My mother did that. My mother did that too. I remember because, you know, she got money from for groceries every week. Well, she'd take a little bit and put it aside for her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when we think of where are we with money today, that the idea of the conversation around investing is actually not a real touchy feely, interesting topic. So we don't necessarily lean in as women, but we do lean in when we talk about our family and our aging parents and the education of our children and the things that are most important for the collective of the family. And that's why. Yeah, no, go ahead. That's why. So, so, so when like we think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The bottom self, you know, food, clothing, shelter, the top is self-actualization. Well, if you put that into wealth management or the work that I do, the bottom is people come to us for managing their money. Okay. Kind of male directed. Oftentimes it is the spot, the men who are making that first introduction. Our job on that next rung of four rungs is to tie it to a financial plan tied to goals, things that are important to them that bring the women into the conversation. Now, these are sweeping generalizations that we're doing gender, um, but to bring them into the conversation about goal achievement. Because if you invest without a plan, it's like archery without a target. Mm -hmm. When the markets go up and down, you you have no idea what that means to you specifically unless it's tied to a plan. Mm -hmm. So goal achievement tied to a plan, that third rung as you go to the four rungs is wow, I can finally do this. I've been saving all my life and now I could step off and live in it. And that moment in time when someone realizes that all the work that they did before allows them to make different choices moving forward through retirement is emotional. Yes, It is really a deep-seated feeling that people have on, (laughs) and that's peace of mind. Yeah. To know that they could live on a certain monthly dollar amount. Mm-hmm. And when you have peace of mind, you could take a big breath for the pinnacle, which is impact or or legacy or fulfillment. But think about it. We're here on this planet with our unique gifts and all the things that we have to offer the world. And most of us are just on this hamster wheel trying to save, trying to get out of debt, trying to do all these things. When in essence, our job is to be at the pinnacle, to do our life's work. If you've been listening to me for a while, you probably know that I love to talk about LinkedIn. So now I'm curious, are you ready to take your LinkedIn to the next level? Because if you are, I've got the perfect opportunity for you. As a valued podcast listener, I'm offering you a one month free trial to the LinkedIn Advantage program. It's your chance to join the community of like-minded professionals and immerse yourself in a space designed for learning, networking, and growing your business, and a lot of LinkedIn as well. Don't miss out. If you're ready to go from listener to participant, take advantage of this free trial by visiting podcastadvantage.janisporter.com today. That's podcastadvantage.janisporter.com. Join us and we'll see you in the group. 
I, I've got to say, though, it's it's two things are, I, I've got to ask you about. One is that it's much harder today, right, with, you know, trying to trying to get to that that goal because everything has gone up so much and, and it's crazy. The, but the the um, the piece about women and money, um, I've met a few young women lately who are into um, uh, real estate uh, development and they're just a um, the couple that I'm thinking of are like amazing young women who have it all to, or seem to have it all together in terms of money and investments and, you know, real estate is their thing. But what what's your take on these young women today? Because I think it's amazing. They have a completely different take on things. They don't see that, you know, they can't do that because they're a woman, so to speak. Yeah, I, I believe that to be true. Uh, two things to that comment, two thoughts is this is the first time that that economists are saying that the next generation will not do as well as the generation before it. Mm. So that's new data. Yes. Um, and then second to that, I like to say that if you give me a 20 something, I can turn them into a millionaire. Think about that. Give me a 20 something and you, I can turn them into a millionaire. What that means is the time value of money. It means a lot of different things of how to get started early. The first though, which is how this whole podcast started we could use the word mindset if we wanted to, or sure. beliefs, or mm -hmm. trust, but it really is the value of who you are. Ultimately, all of this comes down to your self-belief of who you are. Mm -hmm. Do you love yourself? Do you respect yourself? That's where it starts, mm -hmm. because the women that you're describing didn't have the baggage of our great-grandmothers, our grandmothers, and our moms. I saw my mom. Now, she ultimately became a successful realtor, so mm -hmm. I saw her bust her butt. Yeah, to do well. And so I saw hard work. But think of the women today saw the boomer moms and were like, I don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to work <laughs> for the man, so to speak, climb yeah. the corporate ladder, not be available for their children. So what is an opportunity that can give them flexibility of time and that they're in control of their destiny? And yeah. that is what you're seeing is more side hustles, yeah. And real estate, which is something that they could actually physically see, yeah. that feels a little easier. Mm -hmm. um, I personally, because my mom was a su successful realtor, I see real estate down the road, not a first thing. The first thing, if you wanted mm -hmm. to own a home, and a lot of them don't want home ownership for their residence, primary residence. They want the flexibility of travel. Yeah. 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 And yet, historically, home ownership has been the creation of wealth for the lion's share mm -hmm. of we'll talk about just in the US because in other countries it's not as easy or it may not have appreciated as much or home ownership is not really part of their culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we include Canada because I'm from Canada. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so there's something else I want to ask you because I also noticed that you um, you're a bit of a celebrity. I saw um I saw news footage of you on so you the expert on so many um, uh, uh, traditional, you know, uh, commer not commercials, but news spots on TV. You were the expert that they called on different places. You've shared the stage with Buzz Aldrin. I actually met him um, at a science center in California and um, uh, and you've been on the Jumbotron in Times Square. You have worked with celebrities and um leaders and 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 high level people and i want to know i'm curious i'm i'm curious but i'm also a celebrity hound in a sense like i'm a uh, I, lo I love um 
what do you, pop culture and and mm-hmm. things like that. But what interests me is okay, did you did you have a desire to be famous, so to speak, or be <laughs> with the famous people, right? Or did you just fall into that? Or was it, there's no such thing as luck. I mean, there's, there's coincidence, there's, there's hard work to get to it too. So that's why I'm asking, how did that part of it come to be? You're the first person that's asked me that question. So I, I appreciate that question. I, I would have to say that I fell into it. Okay. So I, I uh, to the extent of, of my expertise. Yes. And my legal background made it easier for me to show up in certain places to help people that were in need or okay. needed a course Elaborate correction. A little bit. Elaborate a little bit. Yeah. Um, like governors of, of states, uh, when they get out of office, they're actually starting over a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into what they are involved in as they exit their office. Probably getting into it too. And then they probably have to divest themselves and so on if they were from people a little bit or payback people Uh, they they all these friends and and people that supported them during their terms they then have to make sure that that they do the right thing Mm. and so there's lots of different steps that are involved in that and then I just happen to understand that and I happen to be available for making that happen for a few people so okay but let's just Without, I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm I'm yes. curious to say, okay, um, it didn't just happen in the sense that I believe, and I'm going to guess, it's not what you, it's partly what you know, but it's also who you know. Of course, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, that is part of it, and then the other is name recognition. I yes. mean, you know, the UFC, you know, cage fighting superstars. Yeah. That's a little different, you know. Like how how did you know what happened there? And that was really a referral. Um, that allowed me, and they have different, and each one is very different. Yeah. They have sponsors that support them. So wait, and I so they have sponsors that. that... So tell, just elaborate a little bit that you helped what that you worked with them. Yeah, with... you know, cage fighting superstars in the UFC. Yeah, you know, um, because they have sponsors and they get a fixed monthly amount of money, and yet they have to train, mm-hmm. and they get injured, mm-hmm. and so how do you navigate? that monthly dollar amount so that they can actually have a lifestyle that's appropriate and be able to take care of themselves personally. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So very different than the governor. Yeah. Totally. uh, Yeah. Lots of, and Buzz Aldrin, I mean, he's, he's so funny. I mean, he is a really funny guy. He's a character. That's a great word to describe him. And you know what, quite frankly, he's remarkable that he's still showing up and still doing things related to, you know, yeah. he said he 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 often makes a joke that he was the first one to take a selfie, <laughs> yeah. and that was on the moon. You yes, know, yes. The, that that famous pic, iconic picture of yeah. him with the reflection of him in the camera uh, is his first selfie. So, uh, he's, yeah, a, really so, a great guy. What would you say is your proudest moment in your career? Oh, you know, when I talked about the pyramid. Yes. We call that the planning for life pyramid. Um, Cause that's our process called planning for life. I would have to say that when I see clients at that place, that when we finally, when they see the plan and they finally see where they're at 
and they finally ask bigger questions of themselves, I could cry. Ah, yeah. So how how long a process does it is it normally um, to get people there? Is it a few months? Is it does it take uh, a year to get? It depends people? on availability of time, yeah. but generally within six weeks that that ah. is answered. Okay. Now, are you still doing that work? Yes. Okay. Yes, we still, and I am still doing that work. Um, although I did just get back from Beverly Hills uh, and I did a red carpet, which was so much fun. Do tell, do tell. That was, I've never done that before. And that was uh, with my collaboration in my uh, book with Jack Canfield. He is oh. the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yes, he's amazing. Yes. And I wrote a chapter in the most recent book that came out in July of Keys to Authenticity is the book. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a chapter in there called Money is Looking for You. Oh, I love it. Okay. And and so the red carpet was a result of that book hitting bestseller status. Oh, fantastic. Where was it? One of Pardon the, me? Where was it? One of the hotels? Yeah, the Beverly Hills Hilton. Okay. How iconic is that? Yeah. Yeah. My parents used to live right near there. Oh, yeah. Cool. And we used to, I think it was the, was it the Hilton is, is that the one where they have the golden globes? Um, yes. 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 So oh, my dad and I, this is many, many years ago, we used to walk up Wilshire to the Beverly Hilton when the um, golden globes were on and just hover in the hobby in the lobby. So we could just star star um, gaze. Stargaze. Yeah. That was fun back in the day, but yeah, no, that's so, that's so congratulations. That's thank you. The award was called the Quilly award, which the same people that make the award for the golden globes and the Oscars do the Quilly. Okay, cool. Is it a a feather pen, a quill? Yeah. I don't know if you could see it in my screen behind me. Yes, I can. (laughs) I just got it last week. So I was like, where do I put it? Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Move it, move it. Uh, more this, uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit this way, yeah. But it's very cool. Congratulations, so cool. Thank you. Um, so, a couple more questions for you. Um, one is that you you do talk about, um, and I don't know whether you want to go through the six steps, but that you look at six steps to change one's relationship with money, so that they go. And I like this piece from complicated to com mm. to confident. So maybe just highlight what what are the biggest pieces that that help someone go from complicated with money from complicated to confident mm. you know I, I i think the number most important one is to not be afraid of the languaging we didn't create it but to embrace the curiosity around it and what i mean about that is educate yourself around money and and probably the very first thing which we talked about is be awake yeah don't let someone else take the reins of money with you just trusting that it is a collaborative effort. That just took me right back, right back to my father saying, don't worry, we'll look after it. I'll look after it. Right. That just took me right. Cause that has haunted me throughout my life. So if you have, if you are working with a financial planner or advisor and your spouse is showing up and you're not, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. You need to go to those meetings. And when they say, oh, it's boring, you don't need to go. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. And on the tax return, you need to look at the tax return. Yeah. And be a part of that conversation and meet with the CPA so that you understand what's going on in the household. Yeah. It's just all of that stuff. Right. And then, and then, I mean, I can see I have two daughters 
One's like me, one's like her dad. One's a saver, one's a spender. It's just, is that personality? That's got to be partly personality. Well, there is something innate about that. However, money we created and it has no value other than the value we give it. So I think it's more values driven Mm -hmm. than perhaps innate. Yeah, that makes sense. Because our values evolve over time. So if you think about that money is looking for you, Mm-hmm. Instead of I need money, I need money. No money needs you because it has no power other than the power we give it. I love this. Money is looking for you. So if you think about that, as women, we're generally the ones doing the budget in the household. So we we know what we're spending. Yeah. We just are not embracing the investment side of the longer term objectives. We think that that should be someone else's job. And we think that they're capable of doing it. They're absolutely not necessarily capable of doing it. They just feel like it's their job too, like mowing the lawn or whatever. And they don't know any better. They really don't know any better. So it's really important that you don't put that burden on that person. Right. And you share the burden, not only of that, but then share the burden of the household expenses so that you don't get blamed for spending too much. They probably have no idea how much really is spent in the household. Right. So let me ask you this. Just This just came to me because um, I have a little four-year-old granddaughter who's the light of my life. Yeah. What's the message I should give her about money? Oh, it's all about empowerment. Uh, that money, money is good. Mm-hmm. That what you do with money allows you to do good things for others. Mm-hmm. And, and really d- the myth out there of what our parents or grandparents or others may have said tied to beliefs that are not true. Um, And the more that there is girl empowerment around money and choices, the stronger she will be, which is what we talked about with the 20 somethings. Yeah. yeah. They already got it. Most of them. It's funny because she had two incidents last week. One we went, we had a garage sale in the neighborhood and she, she came over to visit and, and she said, Oh, grandma, why don't you have your garage open? And, you know, I said, cause I didn't want to do that, but would you like to go to the garage sale? I said, here's $2. Let's go. We'll go shopping and see what you can buy. <laughs> and so that was one. And then the other one, she found some money on the playground. And so I told her to, to, we washed it because mom have to wash it. <laughs> And then we have, I said, why don't you put it in your piggy bank? But at four, it's not, doesn't mean anything at this point, but you know, a little bit of spending, a little bit of saving, trying to make a little bit of both. So I thought that was kind of fun. And about it. When I have a daughter and son, they're young adults, 25 and 23. But when my son, he played lacrosse and what I, we would go to um, a secondhand store Mm -hmm. and you would see a lot of lacrosse helmets and those helmets go for over a hundred bucks and they would be at Goodwill or whatever ARC for five bucks. Yes. And I would have him get that. And then he would take it to the, the second hand store in the high end neighborhood Uh to get money for it. So it would, maybe it would sell for 75 bucks and he would get half the price of that from that, from that store. So he learned how to do something like that. where the opportunity is and there's a little work in doing it, but he learned that that work was important for him to do so that he had some spending money. So things like that are really important to demonstrate. And in the beginning, we have to show them how to do it. Yeah. 
whether it be Facebook marketplace or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, to show them that making or earning money is relatively easy. And, and I think that's the lesson they need to learn. And that's, yes, that's a great idea because the first lesson we've learned is we've given away to, to somebody else then because she's got these bikes that she's grown out of. We gave the Strider bike away so someone else could use it and learn how to ride the bike. But the next one, we probably should sell because um, it's worth more. And that would be a really good, um, you know, we're trying to teach her that, you know, yeah. She wants to keep them both so she can ride them both. Well, one's too small for her, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's it's all lessons. Anyway, this is just fun. Um, but this has been amazing. I have to ask you one last question or two last questions. I'm lying. One is my curiosity question because I love to do that curiosity. And we've talked about this. Um, that word has come up in our conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's my favorite word. Um, I love curiosity. And uh, that's what I think spurs me on with my podcast, being curious. So do you believe that um, curiosity is innate or learned? And part two, what are you most curious about these days? I think it's learned. Okay. I think it's learned. Anyone can be curious. Um, so, and what am I curious about today? I am curious about so many things. I think curiosity is the key to success. The more uh, that you don't think you have the answer and you're curious about learning more, uh, the more you'll grow. And being a lifelong learner is part of that success ticket. Mm -hmm. So um, I am really curious about where we will end up as it relates to capitalism mm -hmm. and conscious capitalism mm -hmm. and how we will change the conversation about corporations just focusing on profit for the shareholders versus focusing on sustainability and adding back to the earth and the things that are important uh, to our planet. Cause we're all connected. Right. We're all one. And the more we learn to understand that outside of our rugged individualism uh, in this country uh, and Canada, mm -hmm. uh, we kind of have the same culture is, yeah. is really uh, will be an interesting thing yeah. to unfold. Thank you. And any last words for the audience? Love yourself, learn to love yourself, learn to trust your instinct, learn to trust who you are. And once you know that you're already enough, mm -hmm. everything else falls into place. Believe me. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for sharing some fun things with us as well. And uh, <laughs> you were a delight to have on the show. I much appreciate you being here. And to my audience, thank you for being here and being loyal. Please, if you love what you heard, please leave a, a review and let us know. Um, I will leave uh, Kim's info and her books and uh, how you may get hold of her. I'm sure I know Kim's on LinkedIn for sure. And her wealth, um, sorry, wealth um, legacy Institute, thank you. wealth legacy Institute. I'm so sorry. Um, if you're in the United States, you might want to check it out. So thank you so much. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thanks for joining us. If today's show inspired you to make a new connection, why not start with me? Head over to LinkedIn and connect with me. Be sure to let me know you are a podcast listener because I select one listener each month who connects with me on LinkedIn for a complimentary profile audit. And you know, I love to meet new people. 
so I hope you take me up on it. Don't forget to stay connected and be remembered.